All right, we're back. We're full in full gear with the pod. Podcast, who knows, number eight since I got back on the horse to do my podcast on, in a timely manner. I know it's uh, it's not been weekly. It's not even been, you know, bi-weekly, I don't think. I mean, I, I definitely have to squeeze more pods into my week. And I can. It's not that I can't do it. You know, I'm just not in that full swing yet, which is, I don't know. I, I think if you're... If you're listening to this podcast and you've you've heard me say this before, it's not really an excuse. It's my way of life. I realized maybe about 10 days ago that I don't want to work that hard. And I used to work extremely hard, always hustling, always trying to get ahead, trying to get better shows, make more money, buy bigger houses. And see, that's the problem. You see, I threw buy bigger houses in there. I don't think that's part of comedy. I think that most comedians don't even think about the money aspect of it. They think of the comedy aspect of it first, where, you know, you want to get famous, you want to have great gigs, you want to be around your peers that are doing great work. Buying a bigger house, hmm, that to me sounds like I could have been like a car salesman. I could have been a builder, I could have been someone that sold pharmaceuticals, I could have been somebody who could just have focused on money. And throwing that in there makes me feel like, see, I'm still leaning on that aspect of why comedy has been hard for me because comedy doesn't pay a lot of money and I've been focused on, if I don't get paid, then why should I work? Well, that's not how it goes in this business. You have to take a lot of work that does not pay you anything or you might go negative or it might take up all, and worse yet, not even the money aspect, It's going to take all your time up. And for me, the time thing right now has been so critical that I don't want to spend my time. I read something the other day. I think I kept it. Hold on. Let me look in my uh, notes so I can refer this to you accurately. Because I sent it to a bunch of people because I thought it was important. And it says, the price of anything is the amount of life you exchange for it. The price of anything is the amount of life you exchange for it. So right now, this is costing me 40 minutes of my life to create this podcast. Now, why would I do it? Why would anybody pay the price of life for anything? Because you want your life to be enhanced. So I want better things to happen and I'm willing to pay a price for it. You know, hard work is the price you pay to get to a spot that you hope that you don't have to work as hard anymore, but still reap benefits because you did all the work beforehand. It's like building a house. We're here. We're back to the house. So the hard work is the blueprint. No, I guess even before that, finding the lot, then the blueprint, then getting the contractors, then figuring out the financing or using money that you had to get from hard work to now build this house. And even if you're not building it, trust me, it's not easy. It's hard work. Then you have to go through that whole process of setting the house up and then living in it, figuring it out. And then the hard work of a house is over. And that means you get to enjoy the house and live in that that room that you built, especially for you with the brick, you know, in the fireplace and you have the pool in the backyard and you got the kitchen with the granite countertop which does nothing 
for the utility of the kitchen. It's just visual. So when people come over, they go, damn, look at this kitchen. Doesn't really matter unless you're not a fucking cook, okay? Or if you put the work in. You got to do some hard work to get to the good food. The granite doesn't do shit for you, but we all get sucked into that too. So the hard work of the podcast, which I know people are like, what's well, not that hard, is it? I guess it is because I haven't made one in the last, I think it's been a good 11 or 12 days. Well, what stopped me? I guess it's because it's hard work. Uh, I didn't want to exchange life for this hard work. You know, a portion of my life, 40 minutes of my life to do this. Now, why am I doing it? There's a necessity for me that I think also through hard work, you learn what work do you want to do? And I like doing this. I really do like doing it. So you would think that I would do it more often. It's not always the case. Just because you like something doesn't mean, because you still have to get there. Like I had to get here. Right now I'm waiting for my mother to take her to lunch. And I got to her apartment complex early enough where I could make this podcast. I had to plan that out, right? So that's part of it. Where am I going to make the pod? When am I going to carve out the time in my life to do this? Because I'm in this mode of, I'm still in the middle of, of things. I still haven't bought my my place in Florida yet. We're working on that. That's going to happen in about a month. So I'm in transition. I'm still trying to find myself because I, I ripped everything down. I, I tore everything down. I tore it down so I could build it back up. And that is a necessity in my life. I don't know about you. But it's a necessity, even for comedians in general. I think you have to tear your act down. It's a good act. It gets laughs. Why would you change? I mean, it's true. I mean, that's what we were taught in the beginnings, in the 80s, when I first started doing comedy. Why would you change your act every whatever, every year, every two years? No one's heard you. You're not famous. You get to use that act over and over until you burn it out on television. That was the big deal. Well, I think there's a mentality. Are you really a comedian or are you a parrot? Are you parroting yourself or are you creating material that you feel good about that's fresh? You still have that ability, by the way, to create material that works. See, that's the, the, whole, the whole point of being a comic is not to stop creating the material. That's the, that's the part that's interesting. And performing it, you know, is, is secondary, really, because you want to make sure that you're a good creator. I can perform old material with no problem. Without, without having to worry about memorization. I know all the timing spots. I know exactly where to come in on the jokes or where to let go of the jokes, where to let the audience laugh. That was easy. You, you look like a genius, except inside you feel like crap because you're like, well, you've been doing this act for 10 years. That's a joke from one of your first bits. Why don't you write something new, loser? Why don't you give up a little bit of your life you know, spend some of your life to write new jokes. See, there you go. Now, I'm 60 years old. I've been hanging out with 80 and above, 82, 83 uh, old people that have not done anything new since they were in their 30s. Because this is what Cleveland is. This is where I'm at with my family who has not changed. Got to me yesterday, man. I was at Sunday dinner and I'm just listening and it's it's making me want to leave. I want to go back to Florida. I've uh, spent too much time around this same talk and this same feeling and this same mode. 
And I realized they like this. They don't like change. They don't like you, Carm. Your lifestyle. You're an interloper. I'm talking to me. You're an interloper, Carm. You showed up and you're really not part of this. I'm not. Trust me, I'm not. I am trying to ease in and not and not disrupt. Isn't that weird? I legitimately I'm part of the family. It's my family. Uh not my immediate family. It's my my father's family. So I'm not I'm not uh, someone who doesn't belong there. But I didn't I wasn't there when they all were there in the last 30 years. I know my place is what I'm saying. I'm not about to you know step in and say things and try to and try to suggest or nothing. No. I am there because it's new and because it's uh, a pastime. What do you call that? The when you are reminiscing and you want to go back and but don't get lost in it. You know, I talk about the eighties, I do videos about that. And I'm very conscious of living in twenty twenty three. Is that the year that we're in? I'm very conscious about living in 2023 because I've seen it. Why do I come back here? For yes, that part of the reminiscing, the family, the traditions, but I also come back because they're an example of what I don't want to do. I don't want to do that. I don't want to come back and get in this mode of every day's the same. Try not to change. Uh, you Sundays are dinner, Monday night football, Tuesday is taco, tu- whatever you people do for traditions. I don't know. This is what a lot of people do. I just don't, you know, and I never been that guy. I don't want to fit in that peg. Hold on. I'm the peg. I don't want to fit in that. What's the peg go into a hole. Okay. So if I'm a square pig, <laughs> if I'm a square peg, I'm not trying to go into a round circle, or I am actually right, 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 because I don't want to fit. I'm a. It's my next album, Square Peg Round Circle, beautiful. If that makes any sense. Um, so yeah, I'm waiting for my mother right now. I'm doing the good boy thing. Good boy, Carm. You're a good boy. She's 81 this year. I'm gonna be. I'm 60, so she's about 21 years older than me. And she's in this Cleveland mode. You know, she's one of the people who likes what she does and don't disrupt it. So I'm. it's about one o'clock and I'm going to give her some flowers that I bought for fall. I bought my aunt some flowers and my other aunt flowers and a little pumpkin. I mean, my, my wife helped out with this. My wife doesn't get any credit, by the way. I'm showing up with the flowers and the pumpkin. It's all my wife. It's all her. I wanted to buy my wife the stuff, you know. And I took her. It wasn't like I went to the garden center, got the cart, loaded the pumpkin on there, loaded the flower. She was with me the whole time. So, you know, I'm I'm there for support. You know, she supports me at the comedy shows. I support her at the garden centers. That's what I do. And you got to do that because look, my wife is not a comic, but she's a shopper. So when she goes to sh- when she goes to a grocery store. I'm not saying I go all the time, but I'll go some of the times. I'm a supporter of the grocery store. I'm a supporter of her when she wants to go to the mall. I support her watching football. She loves to watch football. She wears the outfits. She's, she, I'm, I'm going to get in trouble, but she's in the cult. <laughs> no, she's not a cultist. Like I, Some of these people are crazy. 
we went to an Indians game. Well, they call them the Guardians now. And don't make that mistake in front of... Okay, here's the mistake. If you're in front of Guardians people, don't call them Indians. If you're in front of Indians people, don't call them Guardians. Because I saw a little girl that looked like... she She's small. I shouldn't say girl. She was probably older. Kind of a cracky, heady looking girl. Troublemaker. Mouthy the whole time. Two rows back. This is why I don't like these large auditorium gigs. I'm I'm too old for this shit, right? I've been with my buddies where we got into trouble and the police show up and you possibly go to jail. I'm not saying I did. Possibly go to jail. I'm not saying the inside of a prison is is pretty. I'm not saying anything. I'm saying could happen. These guys, these guys that went to the game were drunk. The cracky, heady girl behind us was drunk. There was some shit. And it's a cult. She's screaming because someone called them the Guardians instead of the Indians. You learn your history. It's the tribe. I'm like, oh my God. Could you imagine if you put that kind of passion into your own fucking business or your own work or your own jokes? Yeah. Guess what? You don't own the team. They made you pay to watch them. (laughs) That's what they think of you. You're a fan. And and if you all think about it, they're making you pay to watch them. Is that what a fan is? That sucks, man, when I think about it. Because we had to pay, too, to watch them. Now I did it to support my wife. I'm going to tell you, I'm not a big sports guy. I don't like to watch sports that often. I do it because there's some group aspect to it where there's people gathered. I like the gathering of people. And if you want to talk about sports, fine. If you want to gamble, fine. If you want to be on a boat, fine. Whatever it is, I just, I like the social aspect of anything. So I'll take it down to its lowest common denominator. I don't need a stadium. I don't need $50 tickets. I don't need $13 beers. I'm good at a park with a group of people that wants to play wiffle ball for free. There, that's all. As long as we have the same social wrap and 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 whatever we need as humans to be comfortable on this earth socializing. That's what I'm interested in. So I support her. She supports me. And that's where the pumpkin came from. That's where the flowers came from. Support. Now I'm here supporting my mom. Because I know, you know, she, she has a hard time. Wait a second. I don't know if she does have a hard time. That's my assumption. But she's older by herself. And I always think about, oh, she's probably lonely or she could use something to eat or maybe I'll take her out, you know, and get her, put gas in her car or, or help, whatever I could do to make her life better. You know, that's, that's why I'm here in the parking lot waiting for her. I got 15 minutes and I planned the podcast before getting her. I got the flowers in the car right now. I got the pumpkin in the back. We're all set. What could go wrong? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know why they came up. Why did Why did something have to go wrong? I just know. I just know how this shit goes. You, you think you're doing the right thing, right? And all of a sudden, you get a shock. Right, Friday night at the baseball game, everything was going good. Uh, Saturday, we went to my uncle's to bring flowers and have a, a little bit of a, a good time watching more sports. Ohio State was on, so, you know, we're watching sports, but still socializing. And then out of nowhere, someone tails us too much. My daughter's driving. She panics. She's like freaking out that someone's on her ass. 
And sure enough, the guy was being aggressive and followed us home and stopped in front of our place, which everyone's like, don't, you're never supposed to go home. Well, we were trapped inside this. We live in this little tiny cul-de-sac area. There was no way to get out. I don't think they had any bad intentions, but what the hell do I know? I said, did you do anything? Did you get in front of them? Did you hit your brake? I mean, I, I didn't notice her do anything. There's real, there's no real reason for it. She drives like she's a brand new student driver. So when you think that you're doing everything right, folks, there's still going to be a price to pay. Be very careful. Be very careful. No matter how much good you do, because you are living on a, f it's not flawed. It's just it's the way it is. Well, we're humans. We're flawed and we live in a, f you know something better than I do. You tell me, what's this? I, I think the idea of perfection is a human construct, right? Because there's no such thing. Even if you say, well, this is a perfect whatever. Look at this house. We compl It's completely level. We used a, is it a plumb bob and a line and everything's good. Well, bring in the experts. They'll tell you. There's no, no such thing as perfection. I mean, uh... I'm just looking at my hairline right now in the mirror. You'd live with your flaws, but get ready for them. And don't be surprised when they happen or if they pop out. If you're doing a good thing, just be happy with the good thing at the moment. And my good thing right here at this moment is I got my life in order this morning. I worked out. I thought about this. Let's go pick up mom. We'll take her to lunch. And make her day a little better. Hopefully, that's my goal. We're not looking for trouble. We're not looking for a fight. We're not looking for something. But just be ready. Don't assume that everything is going to be great. This is, this is where I have committed a crime against myself. I assumed when I was young that comedy was just going to go straight up. You know, it's, a, it's, like a, it's like a bubble. No, no, it's not a bubble. But it's similar. You know, everyone's always like talking about this real estate market and the stock market, how everything goes up. And then all of a sudden it gets pierced and the bubble bursts. Comedy was never a bubble. It could have been nice if it was a bubble. If it would have blown up huge and someone hit me with a fucking pin, I would have been like, well, at least I had that huge moment. I never had that huge moment. My balloon got some air in it and it kind of looked like a balloon, but not really didn't really look like a bubble or a balloon. So I didn't have, you know, enough. We call it heat in the business. If you're doing well, people go, he's got some heat. He's got some heat. Shit's happening, right? A spark. You want to kind of take care of it and build it into a fire. Every time I've ever had a spark, I've been able to blow it out myself, right? A small fire. Yeah, he's on fire. He's got some gig. I've, I've been able to make the fire go out myself. And that's because this is more than just nurturing a tiny spark in the comedy. You better be on your game 1,000% all the time, kissing those coolies, making sure everyone's happy and don't say nothing wrong and give all your life to it. And see, I just, like I told you earlier, how much of my life was I willing to spend? I mean, I'm, I really like free time. Free time's the best. Free time is where nothing, there's no pressing issue. 
I don't have to do anything. And it's all improv. Makes sense. Because that's what I liked about comedy. I thought comedy was improv. I thought comedy was like jazz music. Comedy was, let's just start playing. See what happens. That's to me, is the best form of comedy and artistry is where, you know, that shows how good you are. You're so good, you don't have to write nothing down or prepare it. No preparation, no rehearsal. This guy just started riffing and never stopped. That's what I'm doing now. I mean, I don't have a set podcast. I never did, even with Mike and Donnie. I never wanted to have a set podcast. I wanted to do off the cuff, whatever you want to call this, free form just talking, you know, and whatever comes to mind. What's on my brain? What's weighing on my brain? And let's let's discuss this. What's going on? So I have to write some things down. I have to develop an act because you realize unless you're the uh, most amazing gifted comic out there, which there is none, there's nobody, okay? If you think there's somebody, you just send me a, a text or a message and believe me, do your do your homework and find my email and tell me who you think has just this natural ability. Very few people, my friends, that are on the stages. Now, I've seen people in real life, you know, that are funny people. But the performer is a performer. You know, that's kind of like I always said when I have ever gotten in a discussion with other comics. Do you want to be an artist or do you want to be an entertainer? All right, artists mostly struggle and and don't make money and cut off their ears and have to go into a home and need a lobotomy or or oxy or whatever they're doing now entertainers are really kind of put together right they got a wardrobe and they they know how the act's gonna go and they have a set list and i mean most people that i deal with are entertainers but the artist the artist is the fun part get in front of an artist let him go without any pressure, you know, without him worrying. Because I, I don't care what level, what rung you are on the comedy ladder. You have to please people. So even where I'm at, and I'm going to tell you that I'm on a very low rung of the ladder, maybe number two. If I'm in a show and there's a crowd, I still have to perform because even at my lowest level, I don't want people to think that I'm not, you know, putting any effort into it. I don't want to, I don't want to fuck up. See, being an artist, you have to have the chance to fuck up and screw up. But an entertainer, you don't get that. You know, you got a club owner back there that booked you. You have maybe a friend that showed up at the show. Jesus Christ, please don't put that pressure on me. I'm the idiot who does shows for reunions of my own class or in my own hometown where the whole friggin' family shows up. That's just pure stupidity. But I do it. I do these types of things. And you don't want to you don't want to go off the cuff there unless you're absolutely amazing. God, this guy. Just and I have my moments. I have moments where I can off the cuff come up with something <clears throat> and I know that it's good because I taped it and I watched it back and I go, "Huh." The whole time I felt like I didn't really know what I was saying, but I did know what I was saying. See, that inherent confidence, is that right? No. That confidence doesn't naturally come when you're on stage. If you're overconfident, I think I've been overconfident on stage. That has, that has been, I've had disaster shows, being overconfident. 
The best show is when you're in the pocket with the crowd and you got that groove and you're not listening to yourself too closely and you're not patting yourself on the back too much and they're with you and you're with them. And that's so hard. It's so hard. You know, I, I don't know that feeling that much. I get it. I understand it because it's, it's happened. It's the magic that we all want as comics. But I don't know. There's probably comics out there that get it a lot, a lot more. But it doesn't fucking matter. What matters is you get up there and you do it. Right? Today and last yesterday, sitting at this family dinner, everything, I doubted everything again. I doubted everything. You know, this move to Ohio, this getting out of my comfort zone, this burning down of everything that I had built up and starting over. You better have the energy. You know, I, about five years ago, four years ago, I took all my videos off social media. I got pissed off. I was like, this fucking shit. And I was doing good. I had millions of views on Facebook for sure. I took them down and um, tried to put them back up and got, you know, I still, I still got some millions of views. I, I really did, but I didn't get, I didn't, I let go of that heat. I let go of that, that uh, momentum. And because I felt at that time, I was not happy with the work. So I burned it. Because I know that if I keep it, I go back to it. So some of it I put back up. A lot of it I never did again. And I'm in that mode again where I go, hmm. But I panic, folks. When, you, when you're on stage and you don't do the work, and I use the word panic loosely because it's not really a panic. It's more like laziness. Well, guess what? You didn't write enough material and you've got to do an hour 20. Sometimes I'll do an hour, but like an hour, hour 15. Okay, that's where I'm at. And I do a show for a certain group, like a construction-related group, and I just don't have any new material on construction because I've been trying to burn that down. So I've been writing material that's non-construction, but guess what? You took a gig for construction group. So you better now figure this out. Well, I might have to pull from the old act, make the old act seem new. Yeah. If you burn it completely. See, I, I was willing to burn the act, but not the money. Like, people are still hiring me, so I'm like, well, take the gig. You're going to figure this out. You'll write some new material. And then when you don't, that's just, you should have known. You should have known. All right. So, four minutes to picking mom up. Got to go up there with the mums. Um, unless she walks down three flights of steps and she's 81, like I said, but you know, it's good for her. That's how I view it. <laughs> walk down the steps and open the door for me. So I don't have to come around, take an elevator and walk down the hall of, of walking devices, wheelchairs, all those things that are in the hallway that people have to leave by their door to maneuver. It's not an assisted living facility. It's just a senior living, but everybody's in bad shape, folks. That's what I'm saying. If you think that you got time just to fuck around, do whatever, this free time thing that I love, I know there's also a price to pay. There's a price of life that you pay for doing things. How much life will I, will I spend to get something? There's also the opportunity cost. Did I spend enough of my life working hard? Did I spend enough of my life creating comedy or entertaining? Because at some point, you won't be able to do any of it at all. 
So do it while you can. All right, we'll see you next time.